You're welcome once again to the Prevailing Word Podcast with Emmanuel Adekunle. I believe you are blessed by the last episode on the subject, They Shall Speak in Tongues. And today again, we shall continue from where we stopped on the last episode with the topic, Tongues and Interpretation. Tongues and Interpretation. But before we go on, I'd like us to say a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you because you are a good God. Thank you for your spirit at work in us and upon us in utterance and power. Thank you because you've anointed me to bless your people with spiritual understanding. I therefore receive understanding for everyone whose heart is open to receive God's word. I declare that I give voice to the written word. And I thank you because at the end of this, we all will be able to say we have done exceeding abundantly above all we've asked or imagined according to your power that works in us now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. On the subject, tongues and interpretation. Tongues and interpretation. Now, as a recap from where we stopped on the last episode, we learned that tongues is actually a family business and it is a supernatural language accessible to all believers in Christ. We also saw that tongues will be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. That means, upon believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit and therefore give expression to the same spirit within us by yielding our tongue to utterance. Praise the Lord. So, speaking with tongues will therefore be bearing witness to the spirit of God already within us, which was powered by the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, Acts chapter 8 verse 14, we shall continue today. On tongues and interpretation. Acts chapter 8, we shall commence reading from verse 14 through to verse 17. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria heard the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was falling upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, that's the apostles, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now I'd like us to pay attention to verse 14. The Bible says that upon receiving the word of God, which means they received the word of God, they believed the gospel. Then they sent forth for Peter and John, and upon the coming of the apostles, they were to pray for them to the end that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, pay attention. We see in verse 14 that the Bible says they received the word of God. They received the word of God. Now, in verse 15, the Bible now says that the apostles were to come to the end that when the apostles pray for them, they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, we saw in the last episode that upon believing the gospel of salvation, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, the Bible now says that the apostles were to come to pray for these men to the end that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, there is something we have to study here. Whenever we come across the phrase, receive the Holy Ghost, it actually refers to something. Now look at verse 16. The Bible says, For as yet he was falling upon none of them, only that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, to receive the Holy Ghost here will be the Holy Ghost falling upon them. Look at verse 16. For he was falling upon none of them. Falling upon none of them. 
according to the book of Acts, whenever we find the phrase, the Holy Ghost coming upon people, it will be accompanied with speaking. Whenever we see the Holy Ghost coming upon people, it will be accompanied with speaking. Now, from where we read in the last episode, Acts chapter 10, we shall see it again. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which had the word. How did they know that the Holy Ghost fell upon them which had the word? Look at 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out, was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So what happened? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Praise the Lord. So we see in this part that upon hearing the words of Peter and upon believing the gospel, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And then we see that the Holy Ghost falling on them will be the same as the gift of the Holy Ghost being poured out. The gift of the Holy Ghost being poured out. Now, when you receive the word and you believe the word, you receive the spirit of God within the seal of your salvation. Hallelujah. However, the gift of the Holy Ghost will therefore be poured out by yielding their tongue to utterance. We then see that in verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Praise the Lord. So now let's go back to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Verse 17. Okay, let's start from verse 16. For as yet he was falling upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We saw in our last episode that to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus will mean to believe the gospel. And believing the gospel is our baptism into the body of Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. We saw that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 17 of Acts chapter 8. Then laid their hands on them. The apostles laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Now look at verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Praise the Lord. Now we see that the Holy Ghost was given via the laying on of the apostles' hands. Now this is not the same as the seal of the Holy Ghost because the seal of the Holy Ghost will be upon believing the gospel. So look at verse 18 again. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Now the phrase, the Holy Ghost was given, via the laying on of hands will simply be the people coming to the consciousness of the spirit of God within them via the laying on of hands and yielding to the spirit within them via utterance. The people coming to the consciousness of the spirit of God within them via the laying on of hands and then yielding their tongue to utterance, giving expression to the Holy Spirit already within them via utterance but the acknowledgement of the spirit of god within them was powered or was influenced by the laying on of hands 
already we know that the Holy Ghost was actually received and given as a seal of salvation when men believed the gospel. Now look at verse 19. Or let's read verse 18 again. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. 19. Saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. So, the Bible says in verse 18, When Simon saw, so that means Simon saw something. What did Simon see? He observed the signs that accompanied the Holy Spirit giving. Or, he observed the signs that accompanied the steering within via the laid on of hands. When hands were laid, there must have been a manifestation. Look at verse 18 again. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He offered them money. So how will a man actually see that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Ghost was given? They must have acted differently. That will mean with the laying on of hands of the apostles, there must have been a manifestation. There must have been a manifestation. Now let us check Acts chapter 19, verse 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They spake in tongues and prophesied. Who were the day? Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Now verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, when they heard what Paul said about Jesus, that Jesus was the one whom John pointed to, that men should believe in, the Bible says they heard this and they were baptized in the name of Jesus. It means that they heard it and they received the word as true. They believed that Jesus was the Savior. They believed that Jesus was the one sent of God. They believed that Jesus was the one John the Baptist witnessed. Hallelujah. So the Bible says they heard this and they were baptized in the name of Jesus, which means they were saved. They believed the gospel. They were baptized into the body of Christ. Now, verse 6, And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, that means from all these narratives, we see that tongues will be for all men who have believed the gospel, who have been sealed with the spirit of sonship, the seal of salvation, and then giving expression to the spirit of God already within them by yielding their tongue to utterance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, let us check the epistles. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 39. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39. It says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, it means to desire prophecy, desire to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. And forbid not to speak with tongues. So every believer in Christ can speak with tongues. No one is excluded. 
Praise the Lord. Now we are going to examine some Bible facts about tongues. Some Bible facts or Bible truths about tongues. Praise the Lord. Now I have about four of them listed here. And the first one is that tongues witness the resurrection of Jesus. Tongues witness the resurrection of Jesus. We've learned that, but we are going to see some more verses in a moment. Acts chapter 2 verse 14. Acts chapter 2 verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Now, this was Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. Now, I want us to move to verse 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. What was shed forth? Utterance. The Jews actually came to witness the apostles speak with tongues and prophesied upon the resurrection of Jesus. So Paul was saying that Jesus being at the right hand of God and they having received the promise of the Father, that is the promise of the Spirit, God now shed forth this. This is an expression of the promise of the Holy Ghost we have received. This is the expression of the promise of the Holy Ghost we have received. Now, God has now shed forth this, which you now see and hear. So, because Jesus has risen from the dead, we can now speak with tongues, we can now prophesy. Hallelujah. Now, number two, tongues are never addressed to men. Tongues are never addressed to men. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth, the word him is in italics, for no one understandeth, even the speaker and the hearer. How be it, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. I'll read that again. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Hallelujah. So Paul says no one understandeth tongues. No one can understand it. Hence there is no ground to say it must be understood by the hearers or by the listeners. It is not addressed to men. It is addressed to God. Verse 2 again. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. Speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth. Neither the hearer nor the speaker. Neither the hearer nor the speaker. Now this leads us to the next point that tongues is not another man's language in Russia. <laughs> I tag that so we can understand. Number three, tongues is not another man's language in Russia. Jesus called it new tongues. New from the word kainos. Such as have never existed before. Not even the speaker understands it. Neither can the hearer also understand. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding 
is unfruitful. So the speaker's understanding is unfruitful. It is not fruitful to the mind of the speaker. Neither can it be fruitful in the ears of the hearer. The Bible says that any man that speaks in tongues speaketh not unto men. He speaks not unto men. How be it he speaketh mysteries, not a language known to man. Not a language known to man. Hallelujah. Number four, the believer can speak in tongues at will. The believer can speak in tongues at will. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. You see that? Paul is saying, I will pray with the spirit. I will. I will. A conscious effort. I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. So if Paul can pray with the spirit at will, we also can. If Paul can pray with the spirit at will, we also can. We can pray with the spirit and we can pray with the understanding also. Hallelujah. So to my next point, I want us to examine what exactly happened on the day of Pentecost. There are actually a lot of debates on this, but we are going to see through the word of God what exactly happened on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, we read from verse 1. Verse 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Actually, what filled all the house was not a rushing mighty wind, but a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. So what they heard was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. Now verse 3. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. Now this was actually in a vision. Okay. It was an eyewitness account. That's why you find the writer saying day. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, day. Not we, day. Okay, verse 2 says, and it all filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, and it sat upon each of them, each of them. Now verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the Bible tells us that the apostles spake with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke with other tongues. Other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now it is believed that the expression of the onlookers around them. Post that they understood what was said in other tongues. Okay. But I want us to carefully read through from verse 5 to verse 10. In a moment. Now starting from verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews. Devote men. Out of every nation under heaven. Pay attention. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. So this means what happened in the house was noised abroad. People began to publicize what happened in the house. Verse 6. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. 
pay attention. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Verse 8. And how share we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Verse 9. Patience and Medis and Elamite and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and in Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome. Then it ends by Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. Now pay attention. At this junction, we have to be very careful. The Bible says in verse 5, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now, this event actually happened at Jerusalem. And the Bible says there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews and also men out of every nation under heaven. Now, who were the men who came from every nation under heaven? They were actually Jews who were in diaspora. The Bible says they all came together. The Bible also says in verse 10 that they were Jews and proselytes. Proselytes are actually converts to the Jewish nation. That will mean they have to learn the language of the Jews because they were strangers who sought to nationalize. Praise the Lord. Now, the Feast of Pentecost was for Jews and Jews alone. However, those who sought to nationalize, who were in diaspora or who were half-Jews, came together. Praise the Lord. So, they usually come from their different locations to celebrate the Pentecost. Paul actually traveled this same route once. We will see that in Acts chapter 20, verse 16. Acts chapter 20, verse 16. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Now, Paul actually lived in Asia, but came to Jerusalem at Pentecost. Praise the Lord. He came to Jerusalem at Pentecost. Now, the question. Were there different languages spoken on the day of Pentecost by the apostles? Were there different languages spoken on the day of Pentecost by the apostles? We already established that tongues are never understood by men. Neither are they addressed to men. So let us go back to Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise the Lord. Now, the word order is the word heteros in the Greek. Heteros. Heteros is spelled H-E-T-E-R-O-S. H-E-T-E-R-O-S. Now, it means another or strange, a different kind, just like we saw in the word Akka in the Hebrew in our last episode. Akka means strange, 
Now, the word order, order tongues, order here is the word heteros, strange, another, a different kind. So to paraphrase verse 4, Acts chapter 2 verse 4, we can say they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with different tongues that never existed before. A different kind of language that has never existed before. Obviously, not a man's language. Praise the Lord. Now let's read verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. We've seen that everyone in this verse will consist those who came for the Pentecost. Those who came for the Feast of Pentecost and they will actually understand the Jewish tongue. They will understand the Jewish tongue. If they were not full Jews, they will have learnt it as strangers who sought to nationalize. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 6. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. So it means when the apostles began to speak in tongues, certain onlookers began to noise it abroad. So others now joined them. They came together. They came to observe what happened. Now, when they gathered, they noticed certain action that was different. Look at verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Verse 13. Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Then verse 14. <laughs> they said they were drunk. They were full of new wine. Now verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my word. Look at it. When he addressed them, he addressed them as a single audience. He didn't address all their countries from whence they came. He addressed all of them as men of Judea and all them that dwelled at Jerusalem. Meaning, he addressed everyone as Jews. So, verse 15. For these are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now Peter said, these are not drunken as you suppose. Meaning Peter said, they are drunk, yes, but not as you suppose. Now, what is being drunken about a man speaking in another man's language? Eh? What is being drunken about that? What, how does that mean I'm drunk? Praise God. It means that whatever they did will not be something coordinated. Whatever they spoke will not be a language that was coordinated. So they spoke incoherent speech. They spoke in an unknown tongue. They spoke a language that no one could understand. They said something that had never been heard before. Praise the Lord. So these guys said they were drunk. But Paul said, no, they are not drunk as you suppose. But they are actually drunk. Hallelujah. So now we see that no man can actually understand tongues when it's spoken. That means the apostles could not have been speaking the language of the Jews for them to say they were drunk. They would have spoken something else out of the ordinary. Praise the Lord. Now, tongues do not edify the hearer, neither is it understood by the hearer, except by the gift of interpretation. Tongues do not edify the hearer, neither is he understood by the hearer, except by the gift of interpretation. Now look at Acts chapter 2 verse 8. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? It means that the apostles would have spoken in tongues and also spoken in a language that they understood. 
The apostles must have spoken in a tongue that they didn't understand, incoherent speech that would have warranted them saying these guys are drunk and also spoken in a language they understood. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 11. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They spoke in a certain way that the onlookers said they were drunk. Also, the onlookers heard them speak in their tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. I believe this is enlightening for somebody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, just himself. No one can understand him. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Now look at verse 5. I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets that the church may receive edifying. When Paul said, greater is he that prophesieth, it is in the context of edification for the church. Greater is he that prophesieth, greater there will be in context of edification for the church. For when we speak in tongues, no man understandeth. So for it to profit the church, for it to edify the hearers and edify the gathering, it needs to be understood. And the only way we can edify the church by our utterance is to speak in a language known to the church. Praise the Lord. So when we speak with tongues and give the interpretation of what is said in tongues in a language known to men, it is said as prophecy. So... Tongues plus its interpretation equals prophecy. Tongues plus its interpretation equals prophecy. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 13. 1 Corinthians 14 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, this does not mean that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue should pray to God. Maybe if God will have mercy on him, then he will interpret. No. He says, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Meaning, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue do so to the end that he may interpret. So when you pray in tongues or when you speak in tongues, you pray in tongues to the end that you have words in understanding to speak forth, thereby prophesying to the church, edifying your hearers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, in Acts chapter 2 verse 11, the Bible says, they said, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. That means, they heard them praise God and they heard the interpretation of what was noised abroad initially. They were first of all speaking in tongues, speaking in unknown tongues. So the people gathered, they came together, and then they began to hear, ah, these guys are drunk, but they are speaking our language. They are drunk, but they are speaking our language. We can hear them speak our language. We can hear them praise God, but they are drunk. So they might have been speaking in tongues and speaking the interpretation of what was said in tongues. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, tongues with its interpretation is what edifies the hearer. So, as a roundup, let's check Acts chapter 10, verse 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter 
because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. We already established that for the gift of the Holy Ghost to be poured out, it will be them yielding their tongue to utterance to give expression to the Spirit of God already with them. Verse 46, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So, they heard the speakers praise God. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. They spoke in tongues and they gave interpretation. They praised God. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So we will see they spoke with tongues and prophesied. They spoke in tongues and magnified God. They spoke the wonderful works of God will mean one and the same thing. To speak with tongues and to give the interpretation of what is said in tongues. Hallelujah. I believe you have been so blessed by this episode, the last episode on they shall speak in tongues and this conclusive episode on tongues and interpretation. Praise the Lord. For your comments and questions, you can reach out to me by sending a mail to imadekuleministries at gmail.com. Imadekuleministries at gmail.com. Imadekule is spelled E-M-A-D-E-K-U-N-L-E ministries at gmail.com till i come your way again with another amazing episode on this podcast series i am emmanuel adekunle god has blessed you